All right, so today's message is Recipes for Joy Part 2. If you were here two weeks ago, you would have heard Recipes for Joy Part 1. And if you wanted to catch up on that, it's on our website. Uh, you'll be able to find it on the, um, the church website there. And uh, Jacinda shared, she shared some, uh, just some amazing uh, stuff. One of the big things was, uh, what, what we're doing with this series is that we're looking at a lot of the research and, uh, and science that people are, uh, as they are, throwing a lot of energy around the world into understanding happiness and joy. And, and what we're finding, and what these guys are finding, is the very things that our scriptures have been calling us as people of faith to step into for centuries is exactly what these, this research is, is pointing to as well. And um, so, um, you know, it's like pretty cool. So one of the big things was is that... Uh, to take away is that only 10%, only 10% of your joy is dependent on your circumstances. And the rest of it's all about how we engage with what's, ha- what's happening around us. There's a lady called Bronnie Ware who was an Australian nurse and counsellor. And for many years, she worked in palliative care over there, working with people that were dying. So most of the people that she was working with had uh, less than 12 weeks to live. And she... Uh, over the, you know, over the years, it sort of recorded a lot of things uh, that um, people talked to her about, and she wrote a book about the regrets that people had. And a key one was that uh, she, she found was that they would say that, I wish I'd let myself be happier. I wish I'd let myself be happier. She writes this, Many of the patients didn't realise until the end of their lives that happiness is a choice. They wished they had known that happiness isn't something to be chased and acquired through wealth, social acceptance, and the trappings of life. On their deathbeds, these patients realized that they could have chosen to be happy regardless of their circumstances in life, rich or poor. To me, this regret is the most touching. Throughout our active lives, we often focus too much on acquiring the things we would like to have, wealth, status, power, and achievement, and we often wrongly believe that these things hold the keys to our happiness. It's just, it's just what we were talking, you know, Jacinda was talking about uh, a couple of weeks back, is that it's one of the keys to joy is just changing how we think. Changing how we think about, uh, about things. And uh, so a lot of people, they think it's all those things, the wealth, the, the trappings of life. And, uh, and it's not what you think, but it is what you think. Does that make sense? So it is what you think. It's how you think about these things. And we looked at like the science. So you've got these neural transmitters in your brain that are chemicals in your brain and, and you do different things and they release different things in your brain that are feel-good um, neural transmitters. And when you, whatever you do in life, if you do it often enough, um, then it creates bigger and bigger ones of these neural transmitters. And so then your brain, everything in you wants to go down that path. That's how habits are formed, is that because they, um, it's, there's something in your brain that makes it easy to go down, down those tracks. And so, um, so we can actually recreate our brain if we do something often enough, you know, like whether it's practicing the guitar or, or whatever it is. And it's the same thing with our thinking. If we frame our situation positively, we create neuron highways around these things that, around these thoughts, which makes it easy for us to be more positive, which leads to joy. Now, why, I know Jacinda talked about this two weeks ago, but I just want to tack this thing on the, the end of, of her um, message there. Um, is this questions about, well, what about, 
What about being, can we be positive in, in hard times? Can we be positive in hard times? And we're going to talk uh, next week around a lot of the things that can happen in life that um, are joy blockers. Um, but I just wanted to tack this on today. There's a scripture that I read as a, as a young believer, a long, young Christian, probably 34 so years ago when I first became a Christian. And I'm betting my life on it. I'm choosing to believe this 100%. And it's in Romans 8, 28, it says this, says, all things work for the good of those in Christ Jesus. Now that's a, that's, that's a tough thing to believe when tough things happen. But for me, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm choosing to believe in it and I'm choosing to, to, to orient my life around this. You know, the whole of the book of Romans in the Bible, Romans, Romans chapters 1 through to 8, it really is just a framework of how we can live positively in, uh, in hard times. I love this quote by uh, Charles Swindoll. I think Jacinda may have said it two weeks ago, but I'll say it again. The happiest people I know are the ones who have learned to hold everything loosely and have given the worrisome, stress-filled, fearful details of their lives into God's keeping. You know, we sang that song, uh, the reckless, was it the reckless love song? Was the one after that? No, it was the one after that, and it says this. I scribbled it down quickly. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you and I will not be shaken. And that's a choice to, to believe that, to live like that. But for 34 years, as I have done that, I've never been let down. It's never, never missed. You know, learning to trust God, it's just a key way that we can change our perspective. And it helps us to reduce our anxiety, helps us to find greater joy. It's like, like the ultimate perspective shift is trusting God in, our, in the situations. You know, God, you hold my life in your hands. And even though I don't understand what's happening there, even though this is hard, this is just, it kind of, I can't kind of work out how this tough thing can be in alignment with you being a good God, but like, I'm gonna choose to believe that you are good. I will, and, uh, and I'll look for the goodness in this situation. I'll, I'll trust that good will come out of this. And even, even in the midst of, a hard time, I'm going to choose to give of myself to others in the midst of this and choose to be kind to others in the midst of it. There's a guy in the Bible called uh, Habakkuk, and he wrote, he's got his little, little section, his little, you know, he's one of the prophets from way back. And uh, he says this, he's a guy that had learned to work, reframe his situation. He says this, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Chose to think about things in a way that there's goodness, the goodness of God is, is still here in the midst of all of the hard things. And Paul the Apostle he, he did this well, as well. He, he wrote these letters to all of these, these new churches, wrote to the church in Corinth. He says this, I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. The apostle James, again, he says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. 
just thinking about the good in the midst of hard things. In the book of joy that, uh, again, Jacinda talked about a couple of weeks ago, and if you're, like, if you're kind of digging the series, then I would really encourage you to get this, this book. Um, it's just full, like page after page, of just stuff that is so helpful. And uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu, um, he got, it was, it's about him, and he was hanging out with the Dalai Lama. And um, you might think, like, the Dalai Lama, that's interesting. He says, well, this guy's worked out some stuff about joy, I'll tell you that. And uh, Desmond Tutu, in this, uh, in this book, he says this, talking about hard times. In a kind of paradoxical way, it is how we face all of these things that seem to be negative in our lives that determines the kind of person we become. If we regard all of this as frustrating, we're going to come out squeezed and tight and just angry and wishing to smash everything. And like he's been through some hard stuff. So thinking and reframing your situation positively, and we can do that as people of faith, knowing that we're connected to a God that is good. That is my encouragement. Here's, here's the thing with these recipes for joy. I'm going to give you homework today. Excited? Through, uh, whoa, you don't have to be. I wouldn't be excited if someone told me I was getting homework. But you can take it, take it or leave it. But like, why not take something away from today that you can do that's going to make life go good? Okay, here's your homework around this whole thing of changing how you think. Each day, journal one positive experience that you've had in the last 24 hours. You can do it or you cannot do it. But here's the thing. You know how like when, you, when good things happen and you feel the joy... It's this whole thing of it releasing dopamine into your brain and neurotransmitters, things firing, feel good, yeah, feel good. If you write it down, you relive it, and you're just like releasing more dopamine, into you, and it's just you feel good all over again. Brings joy. All right, so let's get on to some more recipes for joy. The last week, uh, two weeks ago, sorry, Jacinda talked about Sonia Lubomirsky. I probably butchered her name, but um, that'll teach you for having such a tricky one. Um, and uh, she's a professor in the Department of Psychology at uh, University of California, Riverside. She wrote a best-selling book, The How-To of Happiness, A Scientific Approach to Getting the Life You Want. She has done heaps of research, and I'll tell you this, she's the go-to person when it comes to this happiness research. She's the one. She's, she's like top of the tree. So she's not just some, you know, person that we're, she's, she's kind of the, the big, she's a big deal. And she's boiled it down to three things. First one is changing your perspective. The second one is being thankful. Being thankful. Or as the Pentecostals say, have an attitude of gratitude. So uh, take that one away. Um, again, Bronnie Ware, this Australian nurse that we talked about, she wrote this. When asked what they could have done differently, here's the key message those dying folks shared. Learn to relax and appreciate the good things in your life. That's the only way to find real happiness. It's a guy, a uh, Catholic Benedictine monk, Brother David Steindl Rast, and he's a, a monk and a scholar. He says this, it's not happiness that makes us grateful. It's gratefulness that makes us happy. He goes on to say, whatever life gives to you, we can respond with joy. Joy is the happiness that does not depend on what happens. It is the grateful response to the opportunity that life offers you at this moment. 
Jesus gave thanks. And we are called to be a thankful people as Christians. It's like we've worked this out ages ago. These guys are just figuring it out on the back of their research. Ephesians 5, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. We shared communion today. In many traditions uh, of the church, they call communion the Eucharist. And the word Eucharist comes from a Greek word that means thanksgiving. Christians are people who give thanks. And we can't forget that because giving thanks is a recipe for joy. It's so cool that science is now saying, you should do this. You should do this. It'll make your life better. Alison Ledgerwood, she's another professor at UC Davis in California, and she did a text talk, a TEDx talk um, called Getting Stuck in the Negatives and How to Get Unstuck. And she did a whole bunch of uh, research as well around this whole thing of, uh, of joy and happiness. And through her research and her experiments, she found that um, if, if you stop and find three things that you are grateful for each day, so just every day, just stop and find three things that you're grateful for every day. After 21 days, she found that, that, that your brain starts scanning the whole world for positive things instead of negative things. And she also discovered that we're more naturally wired to like look for negative things. But after, after three weeks of just stopping every day and stopping and thinking about three things that you're grateful for, after three weeks, you start just seeing the positive That sounds like a good idea. But we're, as Christians, we're called to be a thankful people. Like I say, the rest of the world is just catching up. Okay, you ready for your, for your being thankful homework? Yes, Matt. Why don't you do that? Like, each day, stop and think about three things that you're grateful for. You might have to set an alarm on your phone so you, you know it works when it, uh, at a certain time. Maybe at the end of the day, maybe at about 8.30, maybe 8.25 because you, the good shows come on at 8.30. Um, if you watch free-to-air TV, who does that these days? Um, so um, here's another thing that this lady, Alison, found out as well around um, uh, this thing of being thankful. Uh, they did this study with a whole bunch of people and they, they just asked them to say, just stop once a week and just stop and think about something that you're grateful for. And they found that 100% of all of those people became happier. 100%. And it's just a once a week, just stopping and thinking about something that they're grateful for. Recipes for joy, people. Write that one down. All right, next one, number three. We going all right? Okay. So I remember I talked about this lady, Sonia, with the difficult last name. So the third thing that she talks about that has the greatest influence on our joy and our uh, happiness is she says that uh, you need to be kind and generous. You need to be kind. It's like, really? It's not about the chocolate? 
No, you've got to be kind and generous. Being other-focused, helping people, helping others. And I know I've talked about this a couple of times before, but there's this thing when you do something kind for another person that releases the dopamine, and dopamine is the same thing that gets released in your brain when you take drugs like cocaine. And um, like I say, it's, they've, they've, they've say that uh, there's actually a phrase for it. They call it the helper's high. It's the helper's high. And uh, that when you do something, I mean, how many people have experienced that? When you do something kind for something, it's just like, wow, man, I just, this, what a great day I had. And it's like, you did something for someone else, and yet you're the one having a great day. If you're at all interested in the science of happiness, uh, and I know because normally we're talking about faith stuff and things like science and church, what's that all about? But if you're interested in this, there's these, um, here's the things to Google, okay? Dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. And you'll find that when you do different things, uh, if you Google them up, you'll read things, and I'll say, like, when you do this, it releases dopamine. When you do this, it releases endorphins. And, when you, and um, it's really interesting. Different things that we do makes us feel good with, from all these four things in, in different ways. And yet most of them you think, like, that's just like being a good and decent person. <laughs> you know, that's... Um, so I just thought that if those of you that are interested in that, you can, uh, you can look that up. So acts of kindness, doing something kind for someone, it releases different of these neurotransmitters that we're talking about, and, but they just about all have health benefits. Oxytocin has this health benefit uh, that reduces inflammation in our cardiovascular system. So again, doing acts of kindness makes you healthy. Makes our heart healthy. Other studies have shown that doing acts of kindness is the most effective way to change people's happiness. It's like, and yet people that are unhappy often think, like, do something for me. Don't we do that? You know, when we, when we get man flu and we take a day off and, and um, we're just like, please, someone think about me. Bring me some yummy things. Desmond Tutu, in, his, in this, the book of Joy, talks about the paradox of happiness, which is, this is it's a paradox, isn't it? It's like you're doing something nice for someone else, bringing happiness to you. He says this, We are most joyful when we focus on others, not on ourselves. Bringing joy to others is the fastest way to experience joy oneself. Again, he says, Our greatest joy is when we seek to do good for others. We're wired to be compassionate. And again, I know that each time I have acted compassionately, I've experienced a joy in me that I find in nothing else. And I know many of you, many of us will have experienced that. Simpson, look at what Jesus is calling us into. He calls us, he calls us into act, doing acts of kindness, serving another, others, helping each other all the time. But in, in Matthew 25, he's... He, he paints this big picture and, um, about helping others. And he's, it, I've sort of picked it up halfway through. It says this, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? 
And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. It's calling us to be looking out for people. But you know, a lot of people, I mean, we probably all do this, to be honest. A lot of us as believers, as followers of Jesus, and we read our scriptures, it can be easy for us to kind of pick and choose a little bit around what we want to say yes to and what we think, oh, that's just not really that important. And, uh, you know, Jesus is recorded. He, he says that following him leads to abundant life. And people read that and they go, I like that. And, uh, but then it can be easy for people to ignore this call to care for others and to be kind to others and to be generous as a, as a person and to serve others. And then they sort of wonder, why doesn't life feel abundant like Jesus promised me? It's like they're kind of, we, we're just sort of picking and, and, and choosing things a little. And this whole thing is, is real. Serving others is a, is a key for abundant life. Serving brings joy. And again, one of the things I was reading, it like, um, and it sort of proves that money, money actually can buy happiness if you spend it on other people. They've done studies on this. It's like uh, Elizabeth Dunn and other researchers, she said that um, they did some studies with older adults who had hypertension and they, their blood pressure decreased when they were assigned to spend money on others rather than themselves. Sounds a lot like what um, Jesus was saying, you know, Luke 6, give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And can I just say thanks so much for all of those people that have you know, contributed towards Easter Camp, contributed towards the, the March giving thing that we've been you know, inviting people to contribute to some extra needs within the life of, of Coast Vineyard. Such a blessing to, uh, to be able to continue to sow into what you know, God has for us here at Coast Vineyard through these resources. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also just super excited for you because I, I understand the reality of this, that when you give, their joy comes back to you. You know, there is, there is, it, it comes back. It's a, it's a cool thing. This whole thing about being kind and serving others, this one, this one like kind of blows my mind. Listen to this. This is this guy again, University of Wisconsin, Professor Richard Davidson. You know what he discovered is that even just thinking about doing something good for someone else increases your happiness. You don't even have to do it. Now, don't, don't use that as an excuse. <laughs> like, but isn't that amazing? They, they, they found that just thinking about it, um, thinking about compassion and kindness and doing things for others, it increased people's happiness levels more and for longer than, uh, than powerful antidepressants. They were doing this, this, this study, and this is what comes out. And they say that just two weeks of, they, did the, they got these people, I don't know, they sat them down and doing all these guys, I want you to think about these things now. And uh, they were saying that after two weeks, um, they would, because they got all this stuff where you can scan their brain, they were saying that after two weeks, the different areas of their brain were changing. The areas that were 
um, around that whole thing of uh, that releases more joy, you know, I don't know how it all works, had, had actually grown uh, in their brains. And they had even seen brains get repaired by leading them in meditation and thinking about acts of kindness and compassion. They've actually seen brains repair themselves. Isn't that just like, isn't it crazy? It's awesome. And again, it's like, surprise, surprise, it's like the church has you know, been called into this for centuries. It's like, it's, it's our thing. Galatians 5, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Serve one another humbly in love. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 13, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. 1 Peter 4, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, it turns out that there's this whole thing about serving others and being kind to others. It's not just good for them, it's good for you as well. It's good for us. Recipe for joy. And good news again. Church is one of those amazing places where you can like, help people. Children's ministry or worship teams or welcoming people or doing coffee. It's just like, what do you love doing? Why don't you, you know, put some energy and throw it into some of those things and, and just serve your, your church community? It's awesome. Oh, just, just one thing, uh, extra notice. Um, next Saturday morning, I'm just scanning, scanning, scanning. Where is she? Where's Maddie? There she is. So Maddie's moving next Saturday. Uh, no, next, next, the week after next, next Saturday. And Maddie's got this, um, this garden. She, she's not like able to do, she's got to sort out her garden before she moves out because it's all part of her tenancy agreement and she needs help. So here's the deal. Like, we're going to help her, okay? So anyone that's keen on that, text or, or email church office, just between 9 and 1 next Saturday, we'll give you all the details, and we'll just probably be so many of us, we'll be just in there half an hour, bang, it'll be done. So, um, but um, we'd love you to help out, okay? That's next Saturday, so let us know, okay? Get some joy, help Maddie out next Saturday. Dallas Willard is one of my favorite authors. He wrote a book called The Divine Conspiracy, among others. And in that book, he, he says something which is, it's, you kind of think like, that makes sense, but it's actually quite profound as well. He says that you can't say that Jesus is Lord without also saying that Jesus is smart. If you're going to say he's Lord, he's the one I'm going to follow, then you've got to believe that the things he's calling you to do is smart. And uh, Jesus understood how serving was life-giving. And he says this, he says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for me will find it. It's this whole thing. You give to others, you get the, you get the life. Life comes to you. Homework. I know you're writing all these things down. You just, I know that you've got great memories. You don't need to write them down. That's why you just... We're going to put this, um, this PowerPoint up alongside the message as well. So if you wanted to um, remember your homework, um, we'll tell you when you need to hand it in. No, you don't have to. 
homework for this week, why don't you just do a random act of kindness? Just one random act of kindness. Could be as something as simple as just sending someone an email out of the blue and just say, hey, you know, you're awesome. I don't know. All right, next recipe for joy. Here we go. They, um, they're going to get shorter in case you're thinking, like, we're going to be here all day. No, they're getting shorter. So, and, like, I, I could talk on this. Uh, for some reason, just over this last 12 months, I've just, I've just been grabbing stuff from everywhere. This whole thing of joy has just been, a, um, I've been, I don't know, just been really wanting to get my head around, like, what is, what a, is, is what the Bible is calling us into, is this, is this lining up with what science is, is saying? And sure enough, it's just, it just hits it every time. But here's another one. And um, it's around relationships. And I'm going to call this one Recipe for Joy. Pursue, maintain, and repair relationships. And like, I'm just going to talk about just a small little thing to do with relationships because we all know relationships is a huge topic. But here's, here's something that you might find... Um, Interesting, a guy, uh, Ed Diner um, from University of Illinois, his study of happy people, 100% of them had close supportive relationships. 100%. Now, there's this study that's been going on. It's like the longest um, uh, study, psychological study that's ever been. Um, it started, uh, it's been going for 75 years. Uh, they uh, were studying 724 men and it started 75 years ago. So there's 60 of them still alive in their 90s. So this has been the longest. There's a guy called Robert Waldinger, and uh, he is a psychiatrist, a professor at Harvard Medical School. He's taken over the study. Who's taken, you know, there's been so many guys that have been doing the study because it's just been going for so long. And they've been looking at these guys for 75 years. Here's the main thing that they, uh, that they discovered Around. I don't know what the questions were, what the purpose of the study was, but the main thing that came out of this, the longest study you know, that we've had, 75 years, good relationships keep us healthier and happier. That's the main thing that came out of that. You can Google this up, say, what's the main thing? And they'll say, the main thing, good relationships keep us healthier and happier. Lonely people, which is like people who are less connected than they want to be, are less happy, more unhealthy, and they die earlier. I found that the happiest people in their, in their 70s in retirement are the ones that have worked out how to replace their workmates with playmates, with, with, with people that they can hang out with. So the punchline of the study is that, that people were fared best in life when they leaned into relationships with family, friends, and community. And one thing I'm going to talk about next week around these joy blockers is that uh, a big part of being able to have a long-lasting relationship is working out how to forgive. So we'll talk a bit more about that, um, that next week. So, um, so I'd encourage you, for homework, this, think about who you want to grow old with. Think about who you want to grow old with. And, uh, you know, like, everybody has a bad day. So if you've got people like your spouse, your kids, your friends, they are going to have a bad day at some point and probably say something to you that will like um, hurt you, uh, anger you. That, that will happen because we're imperfect people. And you've got to make a decision to like, I've got to get past this because I want to 
I want to grow old with this, you know, with the having these people around. I've got to get past this. Okay, number five recipes for joy. Pray. Ah, yeah, of course you're going to say that, Matt. You're a pastor. Of course you're going to say that. Psalm 1611. You have made known, you have made known, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 28.7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and my, with my song I praise him. So my question is to you, is this your experience? You fill me with joy in your presence. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. One of the things that I started doing a number quite a while back now is having days or half days just getting away from everything with the goal of uh, of you know spending time with God. And uh, when I first started, it was I had to work out ways of doing it because I you know sort of had the whole day booked and five minutes into it I was going like, what am I going to pray now? Like you know it's like, and so I've sort of worked out ways that I've, I've grabbed a whole lot of guides that have been really helpful to just jog my memory about, hey, it'd be good to pray for these things. And, and um, I've actually put together a, a whole big thing, and you're very welcome to it. If anyone would like it, just, um, just send me an email, and, um, and I'll email it out to you. But it's, about, it's a whole bunch of scriptures about prayer. It's a whole bunch of encouragements into prayer. It's... Uh, uh, a whole bunch of different ways that you can, if you're going away, you could pray about these things in life. And I've just found it so, so rich and so, so helpful. But the thing that I discovered most of all when I did this, and it'd be a bit combination. I'd be sit down and read a bit of the Bible and I'd scribble a few things down. I'd go for a bit of a walk and then I'd go and get something to eat because um, that's important. And uh, mainly it was mainly chocolate on those days. But uh, and come back and do a little bit more thinking and a little bit more, more writing and a little bit more walking and praying. The punchline was that, uh, for me, was that I'd come out of those times and it's like this, the flowers smelled better, the sun was shining brighter, I was more in love with my wife, you know, my kids were, were more awesome than they normally are, which is hard to believe because they're pretty awesome. And everything just felt better. Um, and, you know, you can see in, in the scriptures, people have had those experiences as well. Psalm 30, verse 11, you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Psalm 94, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. During worship, Psalm 43, then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Luke 10, 21, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to your little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Full of joy through the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Psalm 21, surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. Personal experience of mine uh, a few years back now, and I may have told this story before, so if you've heard it, um, you're going to hear it again. But 
I went with a friend, one of those wonderful experiences that we, uh, we booked in for the first three days of the Melbourne, Melbourne Tennis Open. And I'm um, a big tennis fan and went over and saw, you know, Nadal and Federer and, you know, all the, all the superstars there. It was just a wonderful experience. But, you know, the, the early days of the tournament, it starts early and goes late. And we were just, the guy went with, um, was a big fan. And we just, so we got there, you know, right at the start. And the last games were finishing at midnight, you know, one o'clock. And uh, so we had three days of that. So loved it, but was super tired. And uh, then you come back and it was a... a late flight and uh, time difference and everything and got in and um, I, was, I was exhausted but you know I loved the experience so but very very low on kind of energy and um, at that time um, I had uh, a pet goat um, now you might think like okay this is going into a different sort of place so and like, I, I really am not quite sure like why in the bible they, the goats are the bad guys and the sheep are the good guys because like goats are awesome but sheep are dumb so like like goats, this was a goat, we had it right from when it was born and it was, you know, it always sort of jumped up on and sort of snuggled up in our lap. It's like a dog, they're so smart and they're so, so affectionate, so uh, um, relational. And um, so I actually, I have to say, I love my goat. And came home after this, uh, this tournament and went down to you know, catch up with my goat and uh, she, had, she had a collar on and she'd got herself caught in a, in a branch that's um, right down in the bottom of our property and it had kind of twisted and she'd strangled herself. She's dead. And um, well, that, yeah, that sucked the air out of the room, didn't it? So, um, and um, like, you know, obviously anything like that is, is just really, really sad. But for something happened like with me, like I just went into this a combination, I think, of something very sad and very, very tired. Um, I just went into this like, this funk, like this just like, like all of a sudden, like, like life just went black, you know? And it was just like, this is not like my normal thing, you know? This is like, what is this? And like just, you know, I think a taste of, of what a, a lot of people actually have to live with, with, with you know, clinical depression. And, um, and I'm going like, what is going on with this? And, um, and I'm just thinking, I don't, the only thing I know what to do with is just to, is to pray. And so I made a big sacrifice, and instead of listening to sports radio when I was driving, I actually put worship music on in my car, and, um, and like I've got CDs with the Bible on, on them, and, and I just thought, I've just got to surround myself and press in, into God, and, and because that's all I know what to do. And, um, and I just did that every spare time I had, I was just walking, praying, um, just immersed myself in um, in the presence of God is best. Well, I couldn't actually feel God's presence, but just I just pressed into God the only way I knew how with these things. And um, after a day, it was still just there. After two days, it was still there. After three days, it was still there. And then it just lifted off, just like lifted off, just just like just like light and day, just like match back, you know. And um, and like I, I know that we've all got different journeys and different stories when it comes to these things, but that was my experience. And and um, there's something about it that there is the opportunity for us in prayer to press into God in a way that releases joy, that we can find joy. And I just would encourage you, encourage us to be a people that pursue the presence of God and find joy in that place. Last thing, I know I've gone long and I've been talking a lot, but recipes are important. So one last thing just to leave with you is uh, another, the last recipe for, for joy. 
is to live right. To live right. What do you mean by that, Matt? Well, there's, there's a right and wrong in the universe. You know, this universe that God has created, there's a right and wrong. To, despite what many people will say, is like, you know, your right's not the same as my right, and there is no real right and wrong. It's just whatever works for you. Like, there, that's rubbish. There is right and wrong in the universe. You know, Romans 2.15 says, The requirements of the law is not something... Uh, sorry, it's, the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences, their consciences are bearing witness. Or the Message Bible says this. Says, God's law is not something alien imposed on us from without, but woven into the very fabric of our creation. There is something deep within them that echoes God's yes and no, right and wrong. It's talking about all of us. There's this right and wrong. We know right and wrong. And when we do wrong, it robs us of joy. We feel bad, we feel shame, we feel guilt, we feel, feel a failure. Um, it takes away peace, it robs us of joy. Proverbs 10, 28, the prospect of the righteous, living right, is joy. But the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. Proverbs 12, verse 20, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. And Jesus says this in John 15, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So live right. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that we've covered this morning. It's like reframing, you know, thinking about things positively, uh, talked about being thankful, We've talked about living a, a generous life, helping others, serving kindness, compassion. We've talked about, just touched on this whole thing of relationships. Um, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about living right. All great recipes. And, and I would hope that we would at least grab one of these things and that in a month's time we, go, we can be looking at each other and going like, man, life's, life's getting better finding some more joy. I know it's a lot to chew on, but, um, but let's step towards joy. Let's make a decision to, to do something different. Because who doesn't want more joy? Let's stand together. looking around I know many of you and uh, but and I know that many of you are people that have made a decision to to follow God to be a praying people to have Jesus as your as your Lord as as the one that uh, that you you choose to follow but you may it may be that you're here this morning and you've never done that and uh, I would love you just in, in this moment here thinking like, wow, this is this wisdom of the scriptures, it's all pointing to the good stuff of life. And you've, been, you've heard about this abundant life that Jesus promises as we step into following him. And, and you might think like, oh, I'd love that. You know, the promise of Jesus to, to forgive, to, to, to wash our, uh, our sin and shame away. If that's you, like, I'd love us just, just all of us, just to take a moment um, and just to, um, just to say yes to God. It may be that you are a follower of Jesus and 
um, this may be, again, an opportunity for you just to, again, just to say yes to stepping into that. So, um, so I want to just take a moment, just like, just, just a few seconds, just in this, um, in this place at the end of the service. God, we say yes to you again. We're grateful for the wisdom of your word. We're grateful for the the invitation of forgiveness of our of our wrongs, forgiveness of our sins. God, we're grateful for the for the promise of uh, of us being washed white as snow on the inside because of your your forgiveness, your faithfulness, and your love towards us, and your mercy. Amen. Hey guys, what's while you're standing? Um, what I'd love to do uh, is to is to make the invitation this morning for if there is anyone here that is uh, just in a place where they're finding that it's it's difficult to get out of a bit of a, a, a dark place and. Um, like it can be just a like a, a today thing. It can be uh, an ongoing thing. Not, I'm not talking about massive things, but there's just like you just get this sense of like I just. It's like there just seems to be a little bit of a bump in the road of being able to find um, joy that we've been hearing about today. And what I the invitation today is that if that's you is just to come up as we, as we break and just to sit in these front seats here. And could I also say for that, those of us that are here that are, that are prayers, that are, um, are, are happy to be praying for people around these kind of things, to come up, up as well and, uh, and just support these, these guys. We want to make that opportunity. And look, I know too that for, um, you know, you may not feel like you'd want to do that and, uh, you know, in front of your, your, your church. And, and I understand that too. But, could I just say that the offer is there, even if it's a through-the-week thing, uh, that you, you're welcome to get in touch. We just love to see people step more and more into the freedom that God has for them. And so we would love to pray. And we've seen remarkable things happen with, um, uh, with, with praying for people and, um, and break, breaking through uh, in that area. So, um, so that's the invitation for you uh, today. So like I say, just, you know, there's going to be... Here's what's going to happen in about like 10 seconds when I'm going to say we're done. The noise level is going to come up. There's going to be rush to the coffee. There's going to be, you know, and you're very welcome to stay as long as you like. But just in, if that's you, just, just, and you'd like some prayer, just come up under these seats and just be thoughtful if there's some prayer happening as well. Don't have to be quiet, but just be, just be thoughtful. Um, so there we are. God bless you. It's been great having you here. We'll, we'll um, kick in with the last of our Finding Joy series next week. Uh, don't forget the welcome lunch today, the cap course on Monday. Um, probably other stuff's happening as well. You've got the news sheet. Have a read. Well, God bless you, and um, we'll see you soon. All right, we're done.